Blog Talk Radio. of an empire, and you rely on the slavery of your people to keep you rich and powerful, but you see your people waking up and starting to show dissent, what would you do if you wanted to stay in power? You would sure hope that they forget about it. You would want to distract them, or even better, turn them against each other so that they forget about their original cause. The mainstream media, which we all know is in the business of maintaining the status quo, is doing a great job at doing just that. Advanced, progressive, urban, political talk radio. Politicians who are characterized more and more by legalized bribery and normalized corruption vis-a-vis that big money. By a corporate media that ensures that it's a culture of superficial spectacle but no serious public debate and public conversation for the issues that really matter for the future of the nation, but especially the future of the vast majority of the nation who are working class and poor. Or a serious discussion about drones that drop bombs on innocent peoples. Or increasing police powers that allow persons, Americans, to be assassinated without due process or judicial review. Death, where is thy sting? Grave, where is thy victory? This is The Alpha Show. Advanced. Progressive Urban Political Talk Radio on TruthWorks Network. There is but one rule. Hunt or be hunted. But one thing you can't deny. These people are sabotaging this economy. And people are sabotaging this country. This is awful. Hosting the best of pushback talk radio. And now, the man who's got their number. Alpha. Well, good evening, good evening, and welcome to another edition of the Alpha Show. Here at TruthWorks Network, where the truth must be spoken more than once. Oh, another Friday. And what we have is simply political fodder. Just, it gets to a point where... You have to ask yourself, are the American people really this stupid? Just damn. 
John Boehner has once again paraded his lack of leadership before the entire country to see. The Department of Homeland Security is on the clock. It's on life support to be defunded because they don't like an executive order that is completely legal as they characterize it as an illegal overreach when on its side the executive order has precedent, it has a history of the exact same executive orders by three different presidents. But they know that the climate, the atmosphere of activist judges that they have put in place, they've got a chance. They've got a chance at deporting millions of people and deporting their children who are called dreamers who came to this country brought by their parents as children. Now, what's intriguing, what's really, what gets under my skin is this. Not only are they trying to deport some 5 million people, but this will be at a cost of like $59 billion. Where's the money coming from? As they like to decry, we don't have the money. We are broke. And yet they're pursuing a cost measure of $59 billion. It's got to be something. it, It has to be something said about hypocrisy. Eventually, there has to be something said about it. Spoken to you in previous weeks about not government being bad, but this the mere fact that government has been, how should I say, sabotaged. Government has been, let me see. Government has been sullied, infected. It's now a contagion because what corporations have manufactured, uh, gotten or become aware of is that if you control government, you control it all. And that's what they're set out to do. They are not only trying to control the government, they are controlling the government by corrupting the government. It's kind of like the schools. They financially starve schools, public schools, into failure so they can be taken over by private money-making greed. That's what they're doing to the post office. That's what they're doing to our schools. That's what they're doing to a democracy. And there's simply not enough being done to call these bastards out. Benjamin Netanyahu is scheduled to make his speech 
as the House leader has backdoored the president by inviting him in violation of the Logan Act, and the attorney general is impudent and cowardly, and rather than charging him, and rather than every Democrat standing up and saying, oh, hell no, we won't go. 37 Democrats are boycotting the Netanyahu speech on Tuesday, Obama administration, and their never-ending craving with this damn olive branch that has been whittled down to a stud by these insidious, bigoted bastards. And I call them that, and I think it could be an insult to bastards. The Obama administration seems to appease these people. And when I say they love to appease these people, I'll say this. John Boehner has his ass caught up in a swing. The House just failed to pass a bill to fund the Department of Homeland Security for three weeks. So now he needs the Democrats. And when I say constant effort to appease Republicans, Republicans have their asses in the swing because it was a manufactured crisis. And instead of the White House allowing them to fall on their sword, they come in with a bill. And what can only be described as the 11th hour, the Obama administration has gotten in contact with Senate Democrats and allowed Mitch McConnell to have a voice vote. A voice vote. Remember the 230-plus filibusters and just, that just intransigent no obstructive mentality of Republicans. But the Obama administration has contacted the Democratic caucus in the Senate and told them to vote for this. Mitch McConnell brought it to the floor. They're going to extend funding for a week. Now, according to the reports, this funding is supposed to extend for a week so Homeland Security won't be defunded. And that after that week, John Boehner will bring the pure bill up for a vote in the House. So he's put his trust in the very people who have sought his demise, who have sought to discredit, sully his legacy, ruin him, embarrassed him, insulted him, insulted his wife and children. But he still wants to be their friend. Give him a damn hat, put it in his hands, and let him twirl it in the circle and say, yeah, a mouse. This is what I mean when I say this man has not 
got it in him to fight. But what he will get accomplished is the funding of Homeland Security for another week. And I got to tell you, I expect John Boehner to fully renege, fully renege on this promise to bring an unattached funding, the Senate bill, for a full fiscal funding of Homeland Security, unattached, clean bill. I expect John Boehner to renege on the deal and leaving everybody appalled, aghast, with their mouths hanging open, with their palms skyward. There has to be a point where you stop trusting these bastards. There has to be a point where you say to yourself, it's just not going to happen. You all have to simply bite the bit, bite your, eat, you know, swallow that cyanide pill. And it's not happening. The Democratic Party continues to be the whipping boys of the Republicans because they simply can't see the mismanagement, the lack of leadership to a final conclusion. To defund the Department of Homeland Security in a time of heightened threat and simply campaign on it, run ads on it, sully the Republican brand as if they haven't sullied it enough. But with this immigration deal in the courts, this administration has chosen to be pragmatic about this. Uh, Upset? No, I'm not upset. I'm pissed off. Because when you have them down, this, this president simply won't step on their neck and twist his hip. There's something to be said about the lack of killer instinct. I spoke to you about the Netanyahu and the 37 Democrats that are scheduled to boycott the Netanyahu speech. You mean to tell me that there are only 37 Democrats in Congress? Well, we know there are 46 senators, and we know that there are 180-something, maybe 190-something, 195, 100-something like that, congressmen. So only 37 of these Democrats are seeking to boycott the Netanyahu speech. Congressman Steve Cohen says this speech is high theater for re-election campaign in Israel and a political tool wielded against our president and his administration by the Speaker of the House. Where's the fight? Where's the fight? I'll also speak to you about a 
we'll call it we'll call it a Friday night dump. And I'm I'm only calling it a Friday night dump. Uh, it was in the New York Times, uh, and the New York Times reported on it. And it seems to have caught the eye. And the New York Times uh, reported on it either today or yesterday. But it seems to have caught the eye of, I think, one of the best um, talk shows reporters, Rachel Maddow. It caught her eye. And she reported on it. And it's is to me to me it, it it it's what's wrong with government and what's really wrong with bad government. And it's a story and I'll get into that story a little bit later. But it, to me it's just unbelievable. I'll also be talking to you this evening about maybe there is one good God. Maybe maybe there is one good cop, one in the entire freaking country, maybe one. But even after 21 years of service, as he retires, and as he is decorated and given all the accolades of a 21-year retiring veteran of a police force, he's still being trashed. And I'll get to that story. But first, I want to get to a feel-good story. And I say it's a feel-good story because this feels good to me. It feels good to me. And it feels good to me because it's simply par for the course. It's simply one of those, damn, you don't wish bad on anyone, but what I do wish on people are the simple things. And when I call them the simple things, I call them the simple things because that's what it turns out to be. An uninsured, bigoted, anti-Obamacare sheriff. <laughs> and um, this is so satisfying, if it wasn't so pathetic. Constitutional sheriff. Uh, I believe he founded the, um, I, I don't know if he founded it, but um, he was the head of the Oath Keepers. You remember the Oath Keepers were the, Clive and Bundy supporters. Well, Mr. Richard Mack, a vocal opponent of Obamacare, who revealed that Bundy Ranch supporters were planning to use women as human shields to win rights. Propaganda campaign surrounding the seditionist mob, armed standoff with law enforcement. Nobody has yet been arrested. Nobody has yet paid the price. That's bad government. 
as long as they are armed, they won't confront them. Well, Mr. Richard Mack, I think I called it Mark, Mr. Richard Mack. Mr. Richard Mack had a heart attack. Oh. Mr. Richard Mack had a heart attack. And his wife also fell uh, seriously ill. The Anti-Affordable Care Act Obamacare supporter now has insurmountable hospital bills. And well, they didn't give the number dollar-wise, but uh, Mac, who sits on the Oath Keepers board and is the founder of the Constitutional Sheriffs and Peace Officers Association, wrote on his website a long wind, a long-winded diatribe and states that the he states that the states can stop Obamacare. Well, after Mr. Um, Mr. Mack's heart attack and his wife's illness, he's uninsured. He wouldn't take the Affordable Care Act to insure himself. Being self-employed, I guess he'd rather pay the penalty. Well, here's the penalty. The penalty is possibly six-digit hospital cost. And now he is up and on site begging for donations to pay his hospital bill. And in a website, GoFundMe, Mac wrote, since it appears that recovery will take a good deal of time with with associated expenses, I struggle to not feel stress, both the stress of thinking about a huge hospital and other medical bills as well as regular living expenses while I am unable to work, and also the stress of not being able to accomplish what I am so passionate about doing for others. It is difficult and humbling to say that we need your help, but we do. So Mac is on the tin cup, dark glass circuit, begging for funds to his medical bills. So, um, you know, what do you say about karma? What do you say about these types of situations? Do you cheer for the demise, the cratering, of his entire finances under the weight of medical expenses. He has so far raised $20,000, which is a bed pan full of urine as opposed to what it's going to cost him for he and his wife and their medical expenses. 
and he's already out. Is he a moocher and a caker? Why doesn't he pull himself up by his bootstraps? I get to a point where I'm beginning to lack compassion, empathy, sympathy, and any other other empathies for low-life bastards like this. Should have taken that oath to live or die free. And I know he's not from New Hampshire, I believe that's the state. But um, this is karma biting you in your ass, sticking a big chunk out of you. And um, I can only say, you know, without um, seeming to be spiteful, vindictive, and if you should dare to believe that... That's right. Dream on. Because I do. I really do. I hope this craters you. I hope it craters you because this is what karma is and this is what karma feels like. Are you getting that message? And I wonder, you know, you can have people who will pray and they pray and they pray and they pray that uh, there will be some type of miracle that comes along and helps them. That very well may be. He is um, a founder. He is a right-wing nut job. And I would not be surprised if he could raise the money from the right-wing millionaires and billionaires to bail him out of this. Miracle, no. Greedy, taking care of greedy, absolutely. So I'll simply leave that right where it is. And I'll leave that right where it is because the only thing that I have left to say about that is not complimentary, and in no way do I want to get into a anger, <laughs> into a wishing bad on anyone. I'll leave it at that, and I'll simply say this. This is what happens at every turn when you simply try to deny someone help. When you try to deny someone help who really needs it, you find yourself in the same situation, caught up in the same theater that you would deny other Americans. I got a question. I saw this and I saw this because 
the first part of it was uh, Senator Imhoff standing on the Senate floor holding a snowball. Now, first of all, you have to use your head. Think about it. They gathered up and hand-packed this big old snowball. And they had to preserve the snowball, so they had to keep it on ice. So I guess a page, a minion, a pawn, a donkey. They brought the snowball down to the senator. Now, this senator is in charge of climate committee or some type of committee on addressing climate change. And he is on record as being absolutely opposed. He doesn't know. He's not a scientist. He doesn't know whether or not climate change is man-made. But what he does know and what he is emphatic about is that he is against it. No, no, I'm not going to do a damn thing on climate change. So he comes to the Senate floor. He comes to the Senate floor with a goddamn snowball. And he says stupid things like, you see, there's snow. There's a lot of snow out there. There's no global warming. There's climate change is just, is just this biggest con. He says something, and I'm paraphrasing, but he says something to that effect. On the Democratic side, the gentleman, um, Senator Whitehouse, I believe is his name, Senator Whitehouse, while waiting for, he was waiting for something, but he seized that time, and I was surprised that the chair gave it to him, but the chair did not interrupt Senator Whitehouse, and this was his response to Imhoff's Senate snowball embarrassment. Senator from Rhode Island. We'll yield the floor when the next speaker comes, but while we have a a quiet moment, I just wanted to complete my remarks related to the uh, senator from Oklahoma and his uh, snowball. Um, I'd like to ask unanimous consent that I show the uh, Earth Now website on the uh, iPad device that I have. Without objection. And uh, if you go to Earth Now, it's actually quite easy to load and you can see how that polar vortex measurably brings the cold air down to New England where we are right now. And if you don't want, and this is produced by NASA, right? These are pretty serious people. So you can believe NASA and you can believe what their satellites measure on the planet or you can believe the senator with the snowball. The United States Navy takes this very seriously to the point where Admiral Locklear, who is the head of the Pacific Command, has said that climate change is the biggest threat that we face in the Pacific. He's a career military officer and he is deadly serious. Uh, you can either believe the United States Navy or you can believe the senator with the snowball. Uh, the religious and faith groups are very clear on this by and large. Uh, I would particularly salute the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, 
which has made very, very clear, strong statements, and we are going to hear more from Pope Francis about this when he releases his encyclical and when he speaks to the joint session of Congress on September 24th. And I think it will be quite clear that you can either believe the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops and Pope Francis, or you can believe the senator with the snowball. In corporate America, there is an immense array of major, significant, intelligent, responsible corporations who are very clear that climate change is real. Companies like Coke and Pepsi, companies like Ford and GM and Caterpillar, companies like Walmart and Target, companies like VF Industries, which makes a wide array of clothing products, and Nike, companies like Mars and Nestle. So we have our choice. We can believe Coke and Pepsi and Ford and GM and Walmart and Target and VF Industries and Nike and Mars and Nestle, or we can believe the senator with the snowball. Every major... And we can't ask these men to go back to the President of the United States with a lot of head shrink or horse shit. That's the sound of the mic drop, although he didn't drop the mic. And there was more to that. I prematurely cut it off. I think the embarrassment, the in-your-face embarrassment of Emhoff should be recognized for what it is. <laughs> that was, to me, that was brilliant. The senator with the snowball, because that's all he had. He had no scientific proof. He had no explanation. He didn't have the scientists that had been paid over a million six by the oil industry to back up anything that he said. He had nothing but a snowball. And Senator Whitehouse excoriated his ass, duly excoriated his ass. And I thought it was uh, just an epic takedown of Senator Imhoff. <laughs> and I, I have to say that you can't get any more badass than that takedown. You can't embarrass some type of prominent senator more than this senator just got his lunch eaten and his ass handed to him. Because at some point, he is and should be recognized as the senator with the snowball. And I do believe that as the weather patterns, and they're going to get worse. They're going to get worse. I saw one story where sea level has risen four inches, four inches in the last Two years, I believe. I'm trying to recall the story. I don't have it in front. But um, to me, it's to me, it's mind blowing. But what he, what even pisses me off more is the fact that it's simply being allowed to fester. It's being allowed to 
just sit there. Democrats aren't pointing to these over-the-top weather conditions. The freeze in February here in my neck of the woods. This morning, it was minus 13 wind chill factor. We reached a, a temperature of minus three. This is in February. Our snowfall has been record. Record. Here this in the month of February. I believe it's in the in the uh, zone of like 26 inch. We've gone a whole season without getting 26 inches of snow. And as the weather patterns increase, you still have these climate deniers. And like I said, I kind of stopped that a little prematurely, but I want to harken back to it and get the rest of it. Significant, intelligent, responsible corporations who are very clear that climate change is real. Companies like Coke and Pepsi, companies like Ford and GM and Caterpillar, companies like Walmart and Target, companies like VF Industries, which makes a wide array of clothing products, and Nike, companies like Mars and Nestle. So we have our choice. We can believe Coke and Pepsi and Ford and GM and Walmart and Target and VF Industries and Nike and Mars and Nestle, or we can believe the senator with the snowball. Every major American scientific society has put itself on record, many of them a decade ago, that climate change is deadly real. They measure it, they see it, they know why it happens. The predictions correlate with what we see as they increasingly come true, and the fundamental principles that it is derived from carbon pollution, which comes from burning fossil fuels, are beyond legitimate dispute to the point where the leading scientific organization on the planet calls them unequivocal. So you can believe every single major American scientific society, or you can believe the senator with the snowball. That was the rest of it. How embarrassing. How embarrassing. And he went through all of that when all he had to go through was... I would have preferred the senator with the snowball hat because, to me, that was epic. That was epic. That, that was so satisfying. I don't think uh, the senator with the snowball will be heard from for a while because he's peeling extra off of his face. It has to be a movement met with equal force. There has to be a level of pushback that is just as vile as theirs, you cannot, I repeat, you cannot fight back, 
pushback with the niceties. It's just not going to happen. You cannot somehow push back on people who simply don't give a damn. And when I speak of pushback, there is a female pushing back on media. And I'm wondering if you gave any thought to stepping down as the leader and, and what you thought about when okay. you decided to stay on. Why don't we start with the second question, because I've heard it from you and uh, you all a number of times. And what I said to your most recent person who asked, you said, well, you've, you've lost now three times. Why don't you step aside? You've heard that question when we lost two times or one time. And I said, what was the day that any of you said to Mitch McConnell when they lost the Senate three times in a row, lost uh, – uh, making progress and taking back the Senate three times in a row. Aren't you getting a little old, Mitch? Shouldn't you step aside? Have you ever asked him that question? Have you ever asked, has any of you ever asked him that question? So I don't understand why that question should even come up. I'm here as long as my members want me to be here, as long as there, there's a, a reason to be here. I'm not here on a schedule, uh, on a um, uh, anything except a mission to get a job done. I'm so proud of the uh, confidence my members have placed in me. My life and my uh, who I am is not dependent on being here. So I have the liberty of, uh, if you want me, I'm happy to be here. If you don't, I'm proud of what we have done together. But it's just as interesting as a woman to see how many times that question is asked of a woman and how many times that question is never asked of Mitch McConnell. Uh, having said that, to get to the keystone, uh, and I say that kind of thinking I have a mission for women on this score. Uh, when we won the House, and that was uh, largely an initiative that I started around 2000 to take us to a place where we would win the House, um, that was a big thing. I was never on the kind of Time magazine, even though I was the first woman to be on Isn't that a curiosity that the, the Republicans win, Boehner's on the front of Time magazine. The, the, Mitch McConnell wins, he's on the front of Time magazine. Isn't there a pattern here? Now, as I said, my who I am does not depend on any of that, with all due respect to all of you. But as a woman, it's like, is there a message here? Is there something that we're missing? was Nancy Pelosi dropping the mic. You see, the effectiveness of pushback cannot be underestimated. Every time there's a... Did you see Mitch... Not Mitch McConnell. Did you see John Boehner when the reporter got a little... Not, I won't say snippy with him. He got too factual for him. And he would not allow him to wander off into the mass fields of, I'm waiting on the Senate to see what the Senate does. The reporter told him, the Senate is active. We know what the Senate is going to do. They're going to, they funded, they, they passed a clean bill. Are you going to do the same? What did Mitch, what did John Boehner do? He blew kisses there, called him like a dog. And the media continues to cower under Republican pushback. If you noticed anything about Republicans, when they are challenged by the press, they immediately go on the offensive. Be it Newt Gingrich, 
after the debates when he attacked the press for asking him about his adulterous conduct and his betrayal of family and his hypocrisy of balance. They attacked the media. They labeled the media liberal because they have set that stage. They have pushed that meme into reality. It's always the liberal media. And it'll always be the liberal media because the liberal media is on their side. The liberal media will never push for answers. When they don't want to give an answer, to hell with you, they don't give an answer. It's that simple. And it's simply time to push back on. 914-338-1610. 914-338-1610. If you can, jump in here. And if you have an opinion, it would be greatly appreciated. The madness, tire scenario, speaks to the very foundation. And I will share the epic takedown of the Republican Party. When I come back off break, and again, 914-338-1610, if you got some on-topic conversation, uh, back after the break. Hello, I am Chauncey Vega. You may recognize my voice from Ring of Fire Radio with Mike Papantonio, the BBC, Sirius XM, or the Tom Hartman Radio Show. And you may have read some of my essays at places like Salon and Alternet. The Chauncey DeVega Show at TruthWorks Network, Mondays, 8 p.m. Um, in the 1970s, over the issue of abortion and before that, prayer in schools, and then integration and segregation and people wanting white schools and homeschooling in terms of the Southern strategy of the Republican Party of trying to pry loose Democrats who were also racists and get them to vote race and be Republicans. The Chauncey DeVega Show at TruthWorks Network, Mondays, 8 p.m. The Chauncey DeVega Show premieres at TruthWorks Network, February 23rd, 8 p.m. In his premiere episode at TruthWorks Network, Chauncey talks with author... Frank Schaefer. The Chauncey to Vegas Show. I Declare Show is where we deal with the difficult real raw right now. If it's real raw right now, talk media. Come on, baby, say it with me. It can only be the I Declare Show. Talk soon. Join my friend and colleague on Blog Talk Radio every Tuesday night at 9 p.m., the I Declare Show with India Declare. Are you breathing oxygen in? Are you raising the energy up? Or are you bringing the energy down? There's no middle ground. It's your real, raw, and right now talk radio. I Declare Show, Tuesdays, 9 p.m., Blog Talk Radio. I declare it. Dealing with the difficult... Real Raw right now, the I Declare Show, baby. Truth 
TruthWorks Network is the university on the air at Blog Talk Radio. We know what to do with radio. TruthWorks Network. There needs to be a reckoning. There needs to be a wake-up moment when 20 toddlers, 5-year-olds to 10-year-olds, are shot dead. There seems to be a hesitation on acting on gun laws. Everyone pushes this Second Amendment right rather than pushing the right to breathe and the right not to fall victim to some psychotic just damn. The man from Chicago who's got their numbers. This is Advanced Urban Political Talk Radio. The Alpha Show at TruthWorks Network. When injustice becomes law, resistance becomes duty. Now back to the man. Here's Alpha. Uh, welcome back, welcome back. 914 is the number you can get in. You can give your voice, your opinion. You can get something up off your chest. You can hypothesize. You can give your comment, your opinion, the way you feel. If you don't like the president, let me know. If you are happy with his accomplishments, that's fine, too. Either way it goes, the facts are the facts. Eleven and a half million jobs have been created. Not enough on Main Street, but I don't fault the president for that. I fault Republican Congress and obstruction for that. The infrastructure repair bill would have employed over Two million people, as they pine and whine about Keystone XL pipeline and all the thousands of jobs, 42,000 temporary jobs and 35 permanent jobs. But even bigger issue is the fact that a foreign national company coming in and taking private land and the U.S. government sanctioning. Whether this president signed that bill or not, it's going to take at least two to three years. The the Native Americans have it in the Supreme Court, and they have it in the Nebraska Supreme Court. Eminent domain does not include a foreign national corporation seizing Americans' privately held land for profit. Now, I don't know and don't care how many judges you have stacked on the courts, but to me, this is a no-brainer. To me, this will signify the total breaking of not just and corruption of our government. When I speak to you about the destruction of government, 
breaking of the fidelity to the law. It seems that the only fidelity to the law is what benefits corporations. It seems that there is a never-ending attempt to destroy our democracy as we've seen it. That we've seen it, that we see it, how we've seen it and how we see it. An oligarchy, a plutocracy, give it a name. Democracy will no longer be an adequate description of what we have here. The money has seized control. The money has democracy by the neck and it's choking the shit out of it. Choking, literally choking the hell out of our democracy. I told you about Smith Um Let me say this. The dust-up, and it's more than a dust-up because it has been, I would call it, chronicled, (laughs) chronicled by numerous news agencies. David Korn with Mother Jones broke the Bill O'Reilly lie, cracked the Bill O'Reilly skull wide open, and he's bleeding profusely about the, I was in the Falkland war zone of Falkland, Argentina, but there were no American correspondents in the Falklands. And then he came up with this this legendary story about how they were shooting into the crowd and a 19-year-old, 20-year-old kid had a gun pointed at his head and he was getting his cameraman off the street who had been knocked down and was bleeding at the ear only to have six CBS reporters who were there with him dispute his story, really just call him a liar because it's exactly what he was. Unlike Brian Williams, Fox News turned a deaf ear. And Bill O'Reilly is still on the air and his ratings are going up. Even though he lied about personally seeing the suicide of some JFK uh, witness, that was debunked as a lie. He's also been called into question the lie about the shooting deaths that he saw of none the soldiers shooting down nuns and another zone of contention. There has been lie after lie that can be attributed to Bill O'Reilly. And what did Bill O'Reilly do? He attacked David Korn with violent rhetoric, saying that David Korn is in the kill zone. 
what is the kill zone mean? Does that mean anything like killer, the baby killer? Is he trafficking in stochastic terrorism? And those who don't know what stochastic terrorism is, Google it. There's the Google machine. Google it. Stochastic terrorism is a term. And Google it. When I say Google it, I would just hope that uh, everyone would uh, look it up because when he used that term, David Korn is in the kill zone. He is trafficking in stochastic terrorism, pure and simple. Pure and simple. He is trolling. He is trolling for someone to, and that is the definition of stochastic terrorism, is use of mass communication, use of mass communications to stir up random lone wolves to carry out violent or terrorist act that you are statistically unable to provide. Because you know, O'Reilly can't go out and do it himself. So he floats that into the arena and prays that someone will, a lone wolf will, someone who is so enamored and crazed by his rhetoric, will maybe go out and shoot David Korn dead. But now the Guardian, <laughs> the Guardian, you know, that British uh, bastion of liberalism, uh, the only thing that Bill O'Reilly could do was to attack the man personally. And how many of them attacked calling him a liberal, pinhead, and he even threw media matters in there because media matters is all up his rectum. They are all up his butt because Bill O'Reilly has lied about so much. And the reports of how He's damaging. He's not damaging Fox. Fox is already damaged. It's already damaged. So all of this soft, I call it softball. It's not pushback. It's not hard rocket brick throwing. It's softballs as to how Bill O'Reilly is damaging the Fox the Fox image paid for and litigated in court their right to the lie. And they may not have included a personal uh, scrubbing of one's history as O'Reilly has presented. He has not denied anyone. And the latest lie is just off the chart. The latest lie is about being 
uh, attacked by uh, rioters during the L.A. riots. And eight people have disputed, eight people who were there with him, on the ground with him, has disputed Bill O'Reilly's lie about being attacked during the L.A. riots. He says, stones were raining down on us. We were we were under siege, and somebody came and saved their ass, blah, 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 where eight people were saying it never happened. One angry protester threw a rock and broke a camera, and Bill O'Reilly went on to lie about it. But instead of Fox News cutting, really leaving them out there on the ledge to suffer, Fox News backed them up because... Like I said, they've litigated the right to lie at any time. And of all people, and I got to tell you, I got to be honest with you, it gets real pathetic when you have to depend on a comedian with the drop drop the mic moment to smack them down. And this is an epic smack. What he added to our political discourse was largely sarcasm, insults, and dishonest editing. You know, it's clearly selective editing of clips. I can speak personally to a lot of the attacks that were levied on me were, had no foothold in the facts. Why? Ah. <laughs> Dishonesty, no foothold in the facts. You have cast aspersions upon my honor. <laughs> and I demand. <laughs> Satisfaction! <laughs> I challenge you, Fox News, to a lie off. <laughs> Your distortions and lack of fact footholds against mine. To start us off here is 50 of yours in a six-second vine. <laughs> Plenty more where that came from. Only have a 22-minute show. Actually, you just go to the website and you can peruse each lie at your leisure. You see, something of a conventional wisdom about this show has taken hold on the right. A thought they've become so comfortable with that they don't feel the need to even offer evidence to support it that we lie and distort things all the time to make them look bad. It's uh, perhaps best summed up by uh, this fellow here. John Stewart has helped to polarize the country by poisoning the Republican brand. Oh, yes. Poisoning the Republican brand. You're talking about this brand right here. The college co-ed Susan Fluke, who goes before a congressional committee and essentially says that she must be paid to have sex. What does that make her? It makes her a slut, right? If any race of people should not have guilt about slavery, it's Caucasians. Obama's entire economic program is reparations. Hu Jintao was just going... He is moving all around and shaking, and it's purely an act. This is really shameless of Michael J. Fox. We poisoned that brand. 
Just out of curiosity, let me ask you a question, and I mean this sincerely. How do you poison a cyanide factory? <laughs> but see, the little game that they play here is the only reason the right looks bad is that these guys are unfair liars to us. By the way, that sentiment is brought to you by Arby's. <laughs> Arby's. Proof John Stewart cannot destroy a brand by telling people what's in it. <laughs> Pig anus and cheese! Pig anus and cheese! My point is... <laughs> we don't lie. We don't distort. We actually have a fellow who works in the building who uses every fiber of his being to prevent us from doing so, that moral bastard, that... John? What? Actually, my parents were married, so technically I'm not a bastard. Fine! I just... It was a figure of speech! The point is, on the right, they're pretending that our truthfulness is what's really important to them, which, ironically, is not true. What matters to the right is discrediting anything that they believe harms their side. That's their prime directive. And unlike Captain Kirk, they stick with the prime directive. They don't just drop the protocol anytime they feel like humping a green girl in a unitard. Look, this mission drives their attack on all the institutions that form the foundation of the country they purport to love so dearly. Our big and very broken government got bigger and more broken. American students who are already suffering in a broken education system. Teachers suggesting America is evil. America's election system, broken. Science itself seems a little bit corrupt. There's a lot of agendas involved. Voter fraud is rampant. And what, pray tell, is wrong with these institutions? The liberal bias and anti-Americanism is infiltrating America's public schools. Our liberals ignoring science to push their agenda. The liberal left trying to destroy too many good things about our country. Cure the cancer of liberalism that has America on her knees. On her knees! F***ing <laughs> all of our liberal dicks! <laughs> all of them! Each institution suffering from the same malady of liberalism and what can be done. This is their genius. They purport to want to fix things, but conservatives are not looking to make education more rigorous and informative, or science more empirical or verifiable, or voting more representative, or the government more efficient or effective. They just want all those things to reinforce their partisan ideological conservative viewpoint. Because in their minds, the opposite of bad isn't good. The opposite of bad is conservative. The opposite of wrong isn't right. Well, okay, but you get my point. It's right wing. They judge solely on the level of conservative content in everything. It's their only litmus test. Even stupid If you thought American Sniper's success meant Hollywood was getting less liberal, hmm, you didn't see the Oscars last night. The mega hit was snubbed on Sunday night at the Oscars. Oh, Clint Eastwood, yeah, he spoke up for the Republican Party. We don't like him so much. We're going to make a point with that. Is Clint Eastwood the problem with American Sniper, do you think? Because he was at the RNC talking to the chair? Probably. Clint Eastwood's been a conservative icon for years. Oscars already awarded him with Best Director and Best Picture during that time. The left-wing loons in Hollywood made the movie in the first place and nominated it for Best Picture. Fine. Hollywood didn't give Best Picture to American Sniper, so it must hate America. No, they didn't even give Best Picture to the Best Picture. I mean, for God's sake, if Oscar nominations were based on liberal street cred... <laughs> Oh, <laughs>
and it's available on Blu-ray. It's an actual St. Patrick's Day gift. <laughs> and you know the saddest part of all this? Republicans, conservatives are so relentless in their drive for ideological purity that those institutions they complain about continue to cave for the same reason, I guess, that you always seem to end up going to the restaurant the four-year-old wants to go to. Fine! We're going to get fribbles again! Just stop crying! <laughs> Fifteen states have approved voter ID laws in the absence of any meaningful evidence of voter fraud. An Oklahoma State House Committee voted to ban AP history for not sugarcoating slavery enough. Abstinence is approved sex education. And scientific fact isn't reported now, it's debated. So let's just stop. Let's stop pretending that these concessions to the right will at any point sate the beast. What do you make of Pope Francis? He's had some statements that to me sound kind of liberal. It has taken me aback. The Pope isn't conservative enough for these people. So let's just stop giving in to them. Guys, take it from someone who's been watching what they do for a blessedly almost over 16 years or so. Their chronically angry war for ideological purity, where every aspect of life becomes a two-dimensional battle for America's soul, it ages you. Even watching it is killing me. <laughs> this was me at the start of tonight's show. <laughs> and if you think that's a lie, I've got a Vine video I want to show you. We'll be right back. That's what they're about. That's exactly what they're about. They don't want any compromise. They don't want anything other than total control, full control. They don't want civility. They don't want compromise. All they want is total control. If you disagree with them, they attack you at, hom at hominem attacks, personal attacks. Just as you saw Bill Riley and have seen Bill Riley over the last month. It seems to be their MO, their modus operandi. They don't take responsibility for any lie. They don't take responsibility for any misinformation. They're entire agenda corrupt the senses of America to distrust media, to distrust government, to distrust. And now that they've honed that skill of distrust, as is Fox News, now they set loose the lies. And they since they have separated the country. And the only thing they can't seem to get their heads around is the majority of the people. But they can keep the majority of the people isolated and unknowing. Isolation and unknowing is their modus operandi. It's what they do. 914-338-1610, if you would like to chime in, feel free to do so.
because I guess that's what I'm here for. <laughs> healthy debate. Healthy debate. And I would hope that there would be some type of realization. You know, it's real pathetic when a comedian who, and I'm going to miss him when he leaves because um, Colbert is gone, Colbert. (laughs) Steve Colbert is gone also. And where will we get this? John Oliver is still around, but he's on HBO. Bill Maher is on HBO. And they're isolating the voices of progressives and liberals. They're taking them away and they're leaving only thing they're standing with. The only thing they're standing with is this iconic, and I call them iconic, these six corporations that basically own 95% of the audio, video, and print. media. And they're telling their story because they, and they've sullied the waters. They are in a zone of brainwashing. They're in a zone of telling people what to think and how to think. And telling people what to think and how to think will eventually set in because it's repetitive. These are techniques of Nazi propaganda and what people must understand, and they have to understand. You have to understand propaganda. You have to understand propaganda. I've got, on a personal note, (laughs) on a personal note, my two youngest grandchildren, uh, made the trek here to Chicago, and they're visiting me this weekend. And um, I used the time because the questions had come up. And I used a teachable moment. And I I had them watch the uh, documentary. Uh, on Weed by Sanjay Gupta. And we only watched the first part. There are two parts. We only watched the first part. And the first part, their jaws, <laughs> I wish people could have saw their jaws. Their, their mouths were open because I alerted them to the distrust of media and what you see on television. And I, I, I tried to explain to them as they watched the video. I tried to explain to them because back in the 1930s when marijuana was so demonized and vilified as some type of psychotic uh, brain drug and all of the damage and the gateway this and gateway that, but then you go and you've already okayed alcohol, one of the most deadliest drugs 
that we have. But marijuana is still bad for you, but this uh, documentary, CNN documentary, Sanjay Gupta, for those of you who haven't seen it, please, take the time. It's two parts. Hell, I ain't doing nothing. Oh, that's me ain't doing nothing. I'm sorry. In between jobs, on a slow, slow evening, news evening, take the time. And uh, check out those uh, two videos because they will give you a new perspective as to exactly what's going on. I've, um, and I was surprised to hear about this. You know, I've lived here in this city for some time. And this goes to show you the, the fall journalism, the total fall of journalism, because this story came out and it was exposed by that British bastion of liberalism once again, The Guardian. And it was sickening to a point because unfamiliar with the terms of black sight is an off-the-books interrogation compound. It's a term used by military that refers to secret locations run by the CIA where people are locked away and or interrogated to various degrees without anyone's knowledge. And I would like to simply say this. This place is here in Chicago. This place is right here in Chicago. Now, as some many of you may know, we have a mayor's race. And Chuy Garcia needs to latch on to this story and pound it in the media. All of his money needs to be in the media. 914-338-1610. Let me go to the caller, 111. 111, thank you for joining the Alpha Show. Welcome to True Search Network. Uh, thanks for having me on, man. Uh, I just called in just now, so I haven't been listening that long, but I hear you were talking about that story in The Guardian. So I'm, uh, I'm guessing you're talking about Chicago with their uh, the police with these little black ops sites to where they're, they're detaining people and holding them there without being able to use the restroom or eat and trying to mentally break people uh, before charges are are even uh, pressed on them and not even yes. revealing the charges that they're going to press on them. So essentially you're, you're not only violating their constitutional rights, uh, you're also committing human rights violations by doing things that uh, are supposedly illegal by, I think, what, the Geneva Convention? So uh, I'm not surprised to find out about this. That's <laughs> right. Right. But I'm, I'm not surprised I, I to find out about this. I also made a point. Here in Chicago, there's a, for the first time, the incumbent mayor has been forced into a runoff. And I'll say this this past Tuesday was election night. Rahm Emanuel led Chewy Garcia 
by some 52 or 53,000 votes. So he only could garner 45% or was it 44%. So he never reached the 50% milestone. So he's in a runoff with Chewy Garcia, who got 34%. And here is the most damaging part of that. The third-place finisher was uh, Willie Wilson, and he got something like 48 to 50,000 votes. The next guy to finish had 31,000 votes. And the fifth-place finisher had like 12,000 votes. So you're talking about 90,000 people who would not vote for Romney Mack. And if 90,000 people would not vote for Romney Mack, do you think that this black site story, if it's kind of... Now, this black, these, black, these types of sites have been going on for a few decades. So it's not like Romney Manuel started it, but Let's not let a political story go to waste. Why would he not be pounding Rahm Emanuel to death with this black ops site? Because it's on his watch. And I don't care when it started, it's continuing on his watch. Someone has been keeping this under wraps. Someone has set that bar, too. We won't talk about it. Yeah, and that, but that's the tough part politically now in America with the way people are kind of tuned in to not only their hero worship of the police, but also the armed forces, that it's hard for politicians to feel like they can step a foot out there. We saw um, a man in New York, what's, what's the boy's name? He was the Blasio, step a, put a toe in there, and you saw the police uh, response was excessive, and most of the citizens actually end up siding with the police. And I think those people in Chicago, those politicians, are looking at this the same way. Their advisors are saying, uh, you can touch this, but if, you, if it becomes you versus the police, they're going to win because the people have this ridiculous uh, innocence uh, tied in with the police as far as when they look at them and they don't judge them properly. So, I don't know, man. That's the third rail there. That's a tough one. Well, I wish people would well, speak that truth, though. In New York. The Pat uh, Lynch and the Beloved Society or Committee or whoever the hell he represents, they rebelled against him. People supporting his members, only 4% of his members were supporting the rhetoric he was pushing out. These are the police officers that are his Ranking five. Only four percent. The the people in New York were not backing the police because of the stop and frisk, because of the disrespect of uniformed officers violating protocol and insubordination. Turning their back on the mayor was an act of insubordination, and he should have fired them all. As it turns out. They stopped doing their job. And when they stopped doing their job, the revenue of the city fell. Crime didn't go up. So that is a missed opportunity of, of Mayor de Blasio. Had he been on the attack, rather backing off and holding his hat in his hand and whimpering, 
he could have won that hands down. Yeah, but you're talking about courageous truth-telling. As we know, most politicians are incapable of actually doing that. So they're looking at poll numbers. They're worried about how this going to play in the next election. Am I going to be able to get this seat again? And I, I sadly think he's done up there because I think they're going to do a number on him when it comes to the, to the end of this thing and, and use the police as, as, the, as the point of uh, no return on it. I don't, but I definitely see your point. I'm in agreement with you. I'm with the people there who are protesting the, the unjust things that the police are doing there. But sadly, Madison Avenue, Manhattan, uh, the money, the, when the money starts talking, that's usually who those politicians listen to. Well, I'll tell you like this. I think de Blasio will have no problem being reelected. I say that, I say it because the police department has so alienated the citizenry. The people of that city have a disdain for the police department. You killed... You have a lone wolf who kills two police officers. Who were minorities, I might have. Who were minorities. And the fraternal order and the benevolent society are up in arms criticizing whoever, the president, whoever. And it's unjustified. And that was that was noted in all of the all of the subsequent actions, everybody seemed to back off of that. The mayor was willing to let it settle. They still don't have a contract. So they know alienating this mayor as opposed to bullying this mayor may be a better tactic. Hey, hey, bro, I'll be right on this one. I'm just going out my opinion. I understand. But I'll tell you like this. I think Pat Lynch is done as the head of that beloved society. And that as the head of that I think he's done. Because they had at one of the meetings they had disgruntled officers raising the issue of what he of what he was arguing. There were person and shoving and they have uh, a, a record number of people looking to run against them to help that that police uh, police union, I'll call it. But uh, I think it's going to be pretty interesting down the road. Yeah. Yeah, this is, right. yeah you're right on that one. This is definitely going to be interesting. I'm definitely going to watch Chicago. Uh, watch that story in Detroit, and I'm hoping that they're not trying to plan the same thing uh, in Chicago that they did to Detroit. I'm from Peoria originally, but I live in Atlanta now, so you know, I'm a Midwest boy, same same old thing. But uh, much respect to you, man. You're giving out good information on this show, and uh, applaud yourself, sir, for doing good work, man. Well, thank you. You're down in Atlanta. Yes, sir. How much snow y'all got? How much snow y'all got? None. It was just a little ice melted away by afternoon, man. These people panic down here like no other. That's what I know. There are parts of North Carolina that got 12 inches. There are parts of Kentucky and Tennessee that have 12 inches. And for people Hmm. not to understand, for people in that neck of the woods not to understand that 
man-made climate change is real. It's to me, it's it's just stupid. I, I'm 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 taken aback. Let me put it like that. Right. And like them old folks say, man, you can get the scientists or whoever you want out there to dispute whatever, but when we talk about glaciers melting at a rapid rate and different sea routes being taken by different nations because those sea routes are available now, something's going on. You know what I mean? <laughs> I just take it to something that simple. There's an issue going on. How we figure it out is one thing, but, you know, politicians don't lead. They follow, so they'll wait on the people to set the – Set the polling numbers to where they can make A off it, but they're not going to lead on it. Well, hopefully you said you had just called in, so you hadn't been listening to the program. Senator Whitehouse, in an epic takedown of uh, Senator Imhoff. You know, Imhoff leads the uh, one of the climate uh, caucuses, one of the most in the Senate. And you know he came to the Senate floor with a snowball <laughs> to de- to deny to deny science climate change. He came to the floor with a snowball, and I would just hope that you would go to the uh, to the takedown uh, of uh, Imhoff because Senator Whitehouse in a and a takedown for the time. Really, uh, oh, I'm checking out. Oh, I'm definitely checking out without this. Matter of fact, uh, and, and, yeah, and, and if a politician makes this argument against climate change, he has a snowball in his hand. I mean, he's kind of stating that he's unfit for his position. Honestly, well, like if that's your argument, I, I wish that I wish that was the case. But what White House did to him was embarrass him to 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 no end. He embarrassed him to no end and it was it was it was so pathetic. It was so pathetic. Like I said, it was on the Senate floor and I'm I'm trying to recall exactly where I came across that. But it was just he beat him over the head like nothing I've ever seen. And if you can I've got it here and um I tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to play it again. <laughs> Appreciate so, it, man. You, no, I got to look. You it. don't. You don't have to look it up. You don't have to. Uh, what I'm going to do? I'm going to mute your mic so you can listen to it right where you are. Okay. Indeed. All right. Thank you for your call. I'm going to mute your mic. Hi, man. All right. Okay, here's the epic takedown again of Senator Imhoff. Senator from Rhode Island. We'll yield the floor when the next speaker comes, but while we have a a quiet moment, I just wanted to complete my remarks related to the uh, senator from Oklahoma and his uh, snowball. Um, I'd like to ask unanimous consent that I show the uh, Earth Now website on the uh, iPad device that I have. Without objection. And uh, if you go to Earth Now, it's actually quite easy to load. And you can sh- see 
how that polar vortex measurably brings the cold air down to New England where we are right now. And if you don't want, and this is produced by NASA, right? These are pretty serious people. So you can believe NASA and you can believe what their satellites measure on the planet or you can believe the senator with the snowball. The United States Navy takes this very seriously to the point where Admiral Locklear, who is the head of the Pacific Command, has said that climate change is the biggest threat that we face in the Pacific. He's a career military officer and he is deadly serious. Uh, you can either believe the United States Navy or you can believe the senator with the snowball. Uh, the religious and faith groups are very clear on this by and large. Uh, I would particularly salute the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops, which has made very, very clear, strong statements, and we are going to hear more from Pope Francis about this when he releases his encyclical and when he speaks to the joint session of Congress on September 24th. And I think it will be quite clear that you can either believe the U.S. Conference of Catholic Bishops and Pope Francis, or you can believe the senator with the snowball. In corporate America, there is an immense array of major, significant, intelligent, responsible corporations who are very clear that climate change is real. Companies like Coke and Pepsi, companies like Ford and GM and Caterpillar, companies like Walmart and Target, companies like VF Industries, which makes a wide array of clothing products, and Nike, companies like Mars and Nestle. So we have our choice. We can believe Coke and Pepsi and Ford and GM and Walmart and Target and VF Industries and Nike and Mars and Nestle, or we can believe the senator with the snowball. Every major American scientific society has put itself on record, many of them a decade ago, that climate change is deadly real. They measure it, they see it, they know why it happens. The predictions correlate with what we see as they increasingly come true, and the fundamental principles that it is derived from carbon pollution, which comes from burning fossil fuels, are beyond legitimate dispute to the point where the leading scientific organization on the planet calls them unequivocal. So you can believe every single major American scientific society, or you can believe the senator with the snowball. I can't help it. He didn't drop the mic, so I had to drop something. That is an epic takedown. 914-338-1610-312. Welcome to the Alpha Show. Thank you for calling Truth Works Network. Hey, what's going on, Alpha? House music, welcome, brother. How you doing tonight? I hope how you doing. I hope I should have known. The program is about to end, and you called. <laughs> Hey, go ahead, my brother. Go ahead. I'm just filling in my usual spot. You, you know how I do. <laughs> hey, um, 
I, uh, the, the, the vote that was taken, um, FCC, um, for uh, net neutrality. Yes. Yeah, the, um, uh, brother that was on before me mentioned how, um, the politicians don't lead, and they don't. They just get out in the front of whatever movement, um, Barack Obama told us, you know, he wasn't really gonna wasn't gonna lead us to anything. He told us the stuff that we wanted, we had to make him do it. Um, you know, make me uh was, was what he what he told us. And um apparently what was it, four to seven million people um got in touch with F C C or got in touch with the lawmakers regarding the F C C somehow. Um Whatever it was, it was four to seven million four, times. Four and a half. It was four and a half million that had um, came forward in, a, in this online petition. Now, mm-hmm. I'll note that the highest uh, number of petition signers had only been one to two million, and that mm-hmm. was something else that not that had nothing too much to do with it. But uh, there were four. Actually, four and a half million people who signed on to this petition, and you're absolutely right. This don't now Obama appointed this guy, and mm-hmm. he's going to handle. He's going to handle this as a as a utility, just like a utility would be handled. Right. And I'll uh, say I'm this sure. about yeah. I'll say this about this entire net neutrality battle. This net neutrality battle was nothing more than the advance of the co-opting of communications. Mm-hmm. The corporations that own and control 95% of the audio, video, and print media, this was their attempt of checkmate because if they can shut the Internet down, they can shut all dissent down. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if they can shut all dissent down, we are already cannon fire, fodder for their propaganda, their Nazi propaganda. That it would have been, the cycle would have been complete. Now, with what the FCC has done, they are beating the doors to the courts down to challenge this. You see, every move, every progressive move that is won through the legislation, through voting, however it's won, they challenge it because they have placed judges in place to unravel and undo the will of the people. And that's all net neutrality is, is the last bastion in the attempt to destroy, to take over communications. And for those of you, those you uh, veterans out there know that's the first plan of war. Take their eyes and destroy their communication. And that's what they're doing. But the FCC has stood up. Yeah, and um, I think the same day um, they reported a bunch of communication stocks were down um, because they were going to, you know, definitely um, profit from um, you know making it a, a tiered system, um, you know, right. and charge right. upcharge everybody, and the fact that they couldn't do it meant that they couldn't privatize it, 
and you know meant that they weren't gonna be able to monetize it, and uh, you know they lost speculative uh, 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 st- uh, speculative money in their in their stocks, which was a good thing. But to the brother's point, yeah, um, you know when when folks gather around an issue and they come out like that, um, that's when the politicians. Um, you know, jump in front of that movement, and it was a it was a powerful enough movement, um, seemingly. And, and he, uh, the the board, came to a judgment. I thought they were. I absolutely had no confidence that they were going to rule that way. I thought they were really opposite way. So um, that was a good thing. Uh, for one, the clip you had you had just played um, about the whole global warming thing. It's um, it's kind of a it's odd to me because, uh, yeah, there's global warming and it's, um, you know, the regulations we have, even though we're cutting, being, you know, cut down over the years about pollution, um, uh, you know, they, they they made a difference. You know, uh, California, LA area, you know, kind of cleaned up their act literally with the smog issue. But as we offshored all of our jobs, everything went to China, um, there are stories every day. I was reading a story today about how pollution is cleared out a manufacturing city. Um, they don't have the regulations um, there that we do here, and all of these companies that are manufacturing over there are happy to do it um, because they can do it for cheaper because there's no regulations, and there's no one slapping them on the wrist. So China got all the jobs, and now they have all the pollution, and now they have, they're dealing with the uh, the cost of that pollution, even though it's such a large country, and they, I guess they can move around, or you know, they can they can do whatever they need to do. And that middle class is going to have has so much money now because manufacturing absolutely creates a middle class. China never had a middle class to level to, uh, at the level they have a middle class today, and it's all because we gave them all about manufacturing. And so they're just going to build out other places they need to build out um, because they have the money, but one of the, um, the the consequences of everything that's gone uh, wrong with our ec- economics in this country is the the, the, the um, global warming, but it's not necessarily coming from here. And what that 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 uh, snowball um, doesn't mention is uh, is just that um, uh, you know all that global warming and all that 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 effect, excuse me, all that cause got shipped off to another uh, uh, halfway around the world. Uh, along with our jobs, and that's just a distraction because they'll never really want to talk about that. And you almost have to look for the pollution stories in this news media. It's not hard to find if you go to through BBC or go through a couple of African Nation magazine uh, uh, websites or whatever. Even South American, but here it's it's really hard. You got to really do some searching. Well, House, you're absolutely right. I want to thank you for your call. I got another caller, and I got a story I want to. One last story I want to cover. So, uh, thank you for your call, man, and uh, keep on listening because uh, we. Uh, I know you do. We. I'm gonna put you on mute. Okay. All right. All right there. Okay, that's brother House nine one four three three eight. Like I said, I want to get to this last story, but let me take four oh four. Welcome to the Alpha Show. Thank you for calling in the Truth Works Network. Well, hello, Alpha. How you, how you doing, my man? 
Hey, how's it going? <laughs> Pretty good, man. You know, um, Inhofe would happen to be from the state where I reside, right? <laughs> I mean, this has got to be a classic, Alpha. It has to be. It's going to go down in history as as, as a classic because it shows the depth of ignorance and one, you know, uh, believing in their own uh, just just lack of of knowledge as to what's going on in the world. Um, I mean, this is what we have running the country, man. You know, it's, I'm going to sit back here these next few years and just just take it all in, you know, because I'm prepared for all of this stuff anyway. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, it's no surprise to me. You know, Fox News, uh, all of these, uh, Bill O'Reilly, and all this stuff that you've been talking about lately. Um, it's nothing new to us, Alpha. You know, we've been on top of it for quite some time. But uh, the 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 tape that you played there, that I mean, that's just oh man, it's crazy. I love it. I mean, you're talking about a gut punch. I mean, that, that was more than a gut punch. That was, that was one of them two-by-fours to the back of the <laughs> head. <laughs> <laughs> that, and the derogatory way he used the senator with a snowball. That was epic, man. That, to me, that's what needs to happen. We know when when politicians talk about civility, that was civility at its finest. He didn't insult the man. He didn't outright up front. That wasn't a funnel of salt. That was that two by four in the back of the head. And he and he deserved yeah. he deserved all of it. Yeah, I'm gonna get on off and let you go ahead and, and tell your last story, Alpha. But uh, yeah, I hope, this, uh, this last story. I hope that everybody pays attention to this last story, Don. Really, because okay, I hope, I hope, to I me, hope. to yeah, me, I just it's mind blowing. Yeah, Please. I hope Janet gets well, Alpha and, and uh, Indian and everybody in the chat room. I see them all, you know, YJ. So um, I just hope uh, you know she feels a lot better. We've we've been missing her. I'm gonna try to catch in this show. I keep missing it. Uh, yeah. But anyway, uh, best to you, Alpha. It's good hearing you. You're always on top of it. You're coming here with uh, truth to power. And just keep on keeping on, man. I'll be listening. Just move my mic, and I'll just uh, right. fade into the Thank you, sir. All right. Thank you, Don. His brother, Doc Don, from Oklahoma. He's right. And Hoffa is from Oklahoma. And uh, he got the two-by-four in the back of the head. Now, look, as time wanes, as things get to this point. Let me get you in line as, as as best I can about this particular story. And this is a particular story about a level of greed that just I, this is the culmination of bad talk. Ten years ago, Exxon polluting the wetlands, the marshes, et cetera, et cetera of in in New Jersey. And I'll give you this quick uh this quick part about this story as and I want everybody to it's 
It's a story in the New York Times. And I would just hope that anybody and everybody who can get to this story in the New York Times will do so. Because what the New York Times has brought up is a bombshell. Bombshell. For me, it it's it it requires federal and a federal investigation and the deal should be rejected. New Jersey was seeking eight point nine billion dollars from Exxon Oil. Eight point nine billion dollars for the polluting, not just the grounds that they operate on, but the outlying areas, the marshes, the creeks, the drinking water. And they say the oil is 7 to 17 inches deep in the soil. So they've been polluted. This represents multi-millions of gallons of oil that have been spilled. Multi-millions of gallons of oil that have been spilled. And it appears that out of all of the litigation, the judge was about to rule all of the questions about the who did it, all of that had been satisfied. And the whole thing had been satisfied. And I've, 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 I had it, and uh, I lost it, but I relocated it again. And I'm going to put it in the chat room again because it's it's just an epic bad government. Uh, who cut this damn deal? Well, it was none other than Christy Green, Chris Christie. The judge is about to rule on billions of dollars of liability for Exxon Oil for polluting the surrounding land. And the pollution so deep that they're talking about just just saying to hell with this land, let's just cordon it off and be done with it, which was not uh, which is not a, a remedy. But uh, the Chris Christie administration uh, got in touch with this judge just before he was to rule, and instead of getting eight point nine billion dollars, the Chris Christie administration and the Attorney General of New Jersey cut a deal with Exxon. And they cut this deal with Exxon and they settled for $250 million. $250 million instead of $8.9 billion. For pollution, there should be an attorney general or justice department investigation. They should reject the settlement. They, I mean, where is just damn, just damn. Chris Christie, and this should dull Chris Christie. This is where the media does not do their job. And for those of you who can get in touch, will log on to. MSNBC and get the video. It, all, it was also on the Rachel Maddow show this evening. 
and you can play that entire segment back on the video portion of MSNBC TV, and you'll get a better understanding. Or you can go to the link in the chat room that I left, and the whole story, the New York Times story is there. Let me say this. We have to stop what we're doing and take back the democracy of this nation. Progressive movements must, the progressives must rise. They must, it must be a call to arms to push back against this kind of BS. I want to thank Doc Don for his call. I want to thank House Music for his call. And the gentleman who is 111 who lives in Atlanta. When injustice becomes law, Resistance. Ratings are more important than the truth. Our government builds twice as many prisons and schools. It's easier to find a Big Mac than an apple. And when you find the apple, it's been genetically processed and modified. Presidents lie. Politicians trick us. Race is still an issue. So is religion. Your God doesn't exist. My God does, and he is all-loving. If you disagree with me, I'll kill you. Or even worse, argue you to death. 92% of songs on the radio are about sex. Kids don't play tag, they play twerk videos. The average person watches five hours of television a day, and it's more violence on the screen than ever before. Technology has given us everything we could ever want, and at the same time, stolen everything we really need. Pride is at an all-time high, humility an all-time low. Everybody knows everything, everybody's going somewhere, ignoring someone, blaming somebody. Not many human beings left anymore, a lot of human doings, plenty of human lingerings in the past. Not- Until next week, people, I guess it will get a little more interesting. The nation is in a quandary. It's a mess. You've been listening to The Alpha Show. Join us next Friday night, 10 p.m. Alpha will lay it out. It's just damn politics. Thank you for joining us at TruthWorks Network, The Alpha Show. TruthWorks presents The Alpha Show. Each Friday, 10 p.m. It's Fire in the Belly Friday at TruthWorks Network. Bring your own rocks. The best. A political pushback. Just damn. Other ways, inconceivable. 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 Inconceivable! You keep using the word. I don't think it means what you think it means.